Welcome to Brainwaves, student research on air. This podcast series is a collaboration between CKUT and the Postgraduate Student Society of McGill University. We are here to feature student research of all disciplines in Montreal and make academic work more broadly understood and accessible. Smogon is a fan community of Pokemon, and I think that it's mostly older people who use it, like I would say 16 to 24, and it's, according to its website, dedicated to the art of competitive Pokemon battling, which means that it uses a simulator of the video game to solely simulate the battling component of the game. And so there's an entire series of strategies that players use against other human players instead of against a computer as it is in the Pokemon video games. So basically, it's a huge community surrounding the sort of competitive play of Pokemon. And it involves, you know, making strategies, talking with people about them. There's a lot of articles you can read. There's, you know, a series of really complex mechanics. Uh, So... These mechanics are present in both Pokemon and Smogon. Like, the battling is essentially the same system between the two. But the way that they differ is that while battling is only a component of Pokemon, in Smogon it's the central focus of the entire community. And so in Pokemon, there's kind of a focus on bonding with your monsters, making friends with them, kind of adventuring with them, growing with them, as well as battling with them. And in Smogon, there's no such focus on sort of bonding at all. It's all about coming up with strategies, engaging with other players about strategies, and becoming a better player by winning more games. Do you feel that that brings an extra dimension to Smogon? And which which one, if so? I mean, I think that it's sort of a... What I t- the way I describe it in my thesis is like an amplification of a certain element of Pokemon. Um, in Pokemon, there's sort of multiple modes of valid knowledge production that you can engage in. So you can engage in strategic knowledge production by figuring out which strategies work best within the game, but you can also produce knowledge by bonding with your Pokemon by watching the TV series and knowing what the characters in the TV series are doing, by playing the card games, by, you know, being able to draw Pokemon. Um, so there's all different kinds of ways that you can, like, engage in the world of Pokemon and sort of enter that world. Whereas in Smogon, sort of the only way to enter the world of Smogon is through this strategic knowledge production. And not just production, but sort of contribution to what's called a metagame, which is sort of a shifting body of strategic knowledge that everybody simultaneously knows, uses, and tries to change. Because that's available to users when they come in, they can access the meta knowledge that they're also contributing to create. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a huge um, archive of strategies you can go on the forums which are all archived you can talk to other players and when you do that you access the different strategies and use them in the development of your own strategies which then if your own strategies are good enough they can themselves change this metagame 
and make it different and you know your strategies can become famous and this mm -hmm. kind of thing and so you did that for for a few months what was your experience like <laughs> um it was it was pretty cool basically i uh, i did um ethnographic sort of participant observation and i based this in uh um there's a book called ethnography in virtual worlds and they talk about how it's sort of necessary to engage directly in the world in which you're talking about um, in order to sort of like, I guess it's almost like an ethical concern in a way, like you shouldn't be writing about communities that you don't know anything about. But I, so Smogon has a mentorship program. So I got a mentor through this program who is like a 16 year old guy. <laughs> um, and he was really cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, he self-identified as male. I don't know um who he was or anything but we had a lot of chats for a month he showed me like all of the ropes of the competitive community he in introduced me to people i participated in tournaments i did team building workshops i watched a lot of battles i did a lot of battles um it was i mean for me personally i have some like performance anxiety when it comes to playing video games competitively so a lot of it initially was sort of getting through that, but um, it was really interesting. It eventually became uh, actually a lot of fun. <laughs> and so how does this relate to the more general program that you're studying? Um, yeah, so a huge focus in our department um, is sort of the transnational qualities of new media. Um, one of the sort of new focuses of East Asian studies more recently, we were sort of, uh, the department sort of developing an East Asian media program right now and looking to make it into a major. And part of that is actually expanding the program into like a global media focus as opposed to just East Asian media. And so it's sort of breaking down the idea that like East Asian media has to be somehow like located in and about East Asia. You are listening to Brainwaves, student research on air. Head to the website culture.cket.ca slash brainwaves to listen to other podcasts in the series or to learn more about having your own research featured. If you are enjoying this podcast, consider checking out All Things McGill from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Monday on CKET 90.3 FM on the dial or www.ckt.ca online. What I want to do is move towards a more global understanding of media, especially these sort of massive franchises. And also Smogon University is like a really American-based fan community. So a lot of this is about sort of subtly about the ways that maybe this international text is being responded to in like a clearly sort of Western community. Mm -hmm. And then, so what were some of the conclusions of your research? What, what did you find? Sure. Um, basically, I focused on the sort of modes of effective engagement that Pokemon and Smogon um, each engender and sort of what that means for the way that fan communities relate to their sort of like source texts. And I sort of wanted to move away from maybe binaries of sort of 
producer and fan consumer that involve like sort of notions of the fan community as like a sort of I don't know like horizontal collective of like of sort of excited people who all engage kind of chaotically um in fandom and so what I sort of figured out first I sort of tried to define each sort of affect like the affect of Pokemon and the affect of Smogon and then my question was well what does this mean for the way that Pokemon and Smogon relate to each other so my conclusion with Pokemon was that it's affect is I use the term belongingness which involves sort of a belongingness on two levels on the one hand you by participating in Pokemon on multiple levels like on the television series and video games and whatever you come to sort of belong to that world and especially by you know picking favorite Pokemon and establishing like a companionship with those Pokemon whether it's the games or through like you know merchandise stuffed animals your favorite Pokemon whatever you come to sort of belong to the world of Pokemon and find within it a kind of companionship but at the same time Pokemon also belong to you. Like, Pokemon are not... The relation with your Pokemon is not precisely one of friendship either, because Pokemon don't totally have their own lives, and while they're not fully controllable, they are mostly possessable. So the idea is that you belong to the world, but Pokemon belong to you. It's interesting, right? Because the sort of merchandising promotional line for them was gotta catch them all. Yeah. And so there's an element of collecting, I guess. Yeah, for sure. A huge part of it is sort of this this way that we that you can collect all the Pokemon, but at the same time, the series also focuses, you know, if you remember the cartoon, like Ash and Pikachu become like these like best, best friends. And that's like the sort of central focus of the show, I would argue. Mm-hmm. So it's on the one level there's this sort of knowledge acquisition, like through the acquisition of Pokemon, but on another level, there's this sort of level of, like, deep companionship that, but but both are sort of on the same level and they're not entirely presented as contradictory, which is what I find interesting about Pokemon. And so I used that sort of framework then and I looked at Smogon and sort of thought, how is Smogon different from Pokemon and what does it engender that's maybe different? And what I came up with was that Smogon, rather than sort of having this feeling of belongingness, has a feeling of what I call tactical contribution, which is the idea that you you don't really engage with the Pokemon monsters themselves, but you engage more with strategies. And so you contribute strategies or tactics to the larger metagame while also contributing sort of tactically in that you're trying to affect the metagame and trying to become a good enough player that you're sort of recognized within the community but the sense of belonging in Smogon is less about like sort of companionship or friendship and more about a contribution to a larger sort of strategic body do you find that it's something that's lacking like would like I know that's not the purpose of Smogon but is that a deficiency that you don't have the belonging as well it's a really good question and I think that I think it's it's a really tough one because on the one hand when you like what does that produce when you remove that sense of belongingness it definitely takes away maybe some of the power that Pokemon has to sort of 
um, maybe create some kind of creativity because when you strive to belong in a world in which you can also, the Pokemon also belong to you, then that process can become creative. Like, for example, you can come to belong in the world and feel that sense of possession by drawing Pokemon or by writing stories, which is something that I think a lot of Pokemon fans do. Whereas Smogon, in its sort of strive towards this this creation of this strategic body of knowledge, has become extremely hierarchical. So there's forums that you can't post on unless you're, like unless you're a good enough player, there's sort of things you're locked out of um, in order to, like, there's actually an entire, like, legislative process within the metagame of, like, banning certain Pokemon if they're too powerful. And this process is actually, like, you can vote on whether a Pokemon can be banned or not, but you can only do that in a lot of cases if you're a good enough player. So there's this entire hierarchy of, like, like player skill and activity on the site that you're completely locked out of and yet the rules affect everybody who plays on Smogon. So in order to maybe move away from the sense of belongingness that in a lot of ways like the belongingness in Pokemon was a very like capitalist formation like I think that it's kind of like what it also creates is consumption you know, because when you want to belong in the world, you want to buy more and more merchandise and you want to, you know, participate in every iteration of the franchise, which just means consumption, consumption, consumption. You just listened to Brainwaves, student research on air. Head to the website culture.ckut.ca slash brainwaves to listen to other podcasts in the series or to learn more about having your own research featured. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider checking out All Things McGill from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on CKUT 90.3 FM on the dial or www.ckut.ca online. CKUT is McGill's campus community radio station that provides alternative music, news, and spoken word programming to the city of Montreal and surrounding areas, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year.